Darian's drunk again. Back on the air, you sons of bitches. My name is Darian. I am standing alone this week. Where is Buddy? Where is Monica? I don't know. It's Christmas Eve and I'm here by myself. Because I am a loser. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, They are out celebrating with their families, I'm sure. And leaving me here to uh, fend for myself. Which is absolutely fine. I've got nobody else in my life, so I might as well spend it with you. I'm just kidding. I have a family. I'm happily married. Uh, Nothing to worry about on my end, folks. No major depression here. I've got a lot to talk about. Oh, God, I'm sick also. Which may contribute to the fact as to why they are not here, Buddy and Monica. Because I am a little under the weather. My whole family's been under the weather. I'm probably sounding a a little hoarse, a little raspy right now. I apologize for that. I'm going to keep talking anyway until I lose what little voice I have left. I think that's the best course of action for me at this point, is just to keep talking until I can't talk anymore. Uh, I've got my scotch. I've got my monster energy. I've got everything I need to do the regular show without those two troglodytes. So I'm going to make a bold statement and say we sally forth without them. We will move ahead here in the padded room. Uh, it's me, it's you guys, whoever's out there still listening, if anybody. I, don't, I think I've managed to piss off just about everybody the last couple of weeks. So uh, if you haven't been pissed off yet, stay tuned, because I will get to you very probably in the next 10 to 15 minutes. That's the kind of personality I have. It is a horror show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I've got horror news. I've got listener mail. I've got all kinds of... Th- I've got a movie I'm going to get into here. I'm going to go live on the Psycho Bunny Death Cult uh, probably about 45 minutes from now. And then we will talk about Bone Tomahawk. And whether or not it is a horror movie or a uh, action. I, really not even that much on the action either. Now that I think about it. More of a western action drama maybe there is act i don't know we'll talk we'll get into that though we have things to talk about also immersion therapy a nasty piece of work have you seen it i've seen it we're going to talk about that uh no terradome fights this week inmates because we just closed out the semifinals. i will announce the uh matches going into the finals and that will be cool and i'll announce last week's winners of course and we'll move forward from there uh other than that 
I'm gonna. Ma- I would say we just go right ahead and jump into some horror news. You sons of bitches, let's do it. Horror news. I was hoping that the scotch would help my voice. It does not seem to be doing so. It seems to have the exact opposite effect. Either way, horror news. Uh, I've got a few things to talk about. Uh, Are you guys familiar with a little band called Slipknot? I know you are. I love them. I know you love them. Or you might not. Some of you guys probably hate them. It's fine. It's a, uh, it's, it's, uh, what do you call it? Like a new metal, like a thrash metal, perhaps. I don't understand. I have to be, I have to be honest with you. I don't understand why we need Slipknot and Stone Sour. It's the same band, is it not? Just half the time they wear masks and the other half they don't. So why can't it just all be Slipknot and just, you know, Hey, you, you, you saw them on Thursday. They all had masks on. I saw them on Saturday. They didn't, and they played a few different songs. What, 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 is, are they, like, owned by separate properties or something? I don't know. I don't care anymore. Uh, Corey Taylor, lead singer of Slipknot and Stone Sour, has uh, written a horror movie, and that sounds pretty dope. He's, I mean, you've seen the masks. You've heard the music. It's He's got, like, a horror pedigree to him. He's written books on the paranormal. Um, he's got the potential to, to be, I I don't know, man. I think he probably should have wrote a book like a, like a fiction book first. I don't know. I, I, I'll just tell you that I, I watched, uh, slash slash from guns and roses. Remember his horror movie? What is that? Um, fear not. I think it's called or something like that. It's bad. It's not a good one. It's, it's a bad show. And, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I still, I still love him. I like Guns N' Roses. I don't like Slash's horror movie. And I don't feel obligated to like it because I like Slash. Bear that in mind. Going in, I, I love Slipknot. But if this horror movie sucks, I'm sorry, Corey Taylor. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll be the first to admit it. He knows when a horror movie sucks. He's a horror fan, for Christ's sakes. So think about that. Something to put on the radar coming into the... The horror uh, radar zone or atmosphere. I don't know. Whatever the hell. Uh, Teaser clips are up for Netflix's Lock and Key. Now, based on a graphic novel by Joe Hill. I love me some Joe Hill. That goes without saying. Never got into the graphic novels. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Netflix series. Usually pretty good. Um, I have high hopes for this. I know it involves some kind of a haunted house situation. And Joe Hill does pretty good work when it comes to haunted houses. I don't know if you guys have read Heart Shaped Box. That is a bad motherfucker. Somebody should adapt that into a movie. Uh, preferably like a Mike Flanagan type. Because he's pretty good at adapting to, you know, movies from books. So I would trust that in his hands. And probably that's about it. Uh, unless maybe like a fucking James Wan wanted it or something. I don't know. I don't know who's behind this lock and key. It's got a tentative release date of March, 2020. So we'll see how that works out. I, uh, I mean, the Netflix has set the bar pretty high as far as like a, uh, like a haunting of Hill house. Uh, the various Marvel shows, which I know are kind of polarizing. I loved them. 
I think this has the potential to suck, and I hope that it doesn't, because I would like to see this and see what they do with it. Uh, FX the uh, is developing, you know, the the basic cable company. They are developing a limited series adaptation of Carrie. Ah, I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of feel like we need to pump the brakes a little bit on the Stephen King stuff. We've had like a resurgence of it ever since It Chapter One, and I'm not saying I'm mad at this. For the most part, it's all been pretty good. Uh, a lot of people didn't like Pet Cemetery. I was into it. A lot of people were kind of on the fence about uh, It Chapter Two. I was into that too. Uh, fuck Doctor Sleep, badass. Uh, Castle Rock. Second season, arguably better than the first, but that has nothing to do with anything. Um, I kind of feel like. It, it, all it takes is one stinker. You know what I mean? All it takes is one shitty uh, movie, and I, I feel like that's going to be it for Stephen King for like another 30 years. He'll be dead by then, I'm sure. So I would... I I, I don't know, man. I mean, there have been various adaptations of Carrie. Uh, three of them. Uh, four if you count that shitty sequel, which a lot of people love for some reason. Um, there was, uh, what's her name, Sissy Spacek. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, of course. There was one in the middle in which Angela Bettis, in a made-for-TV version, played Carrie White. That is no bueno. So it actually had Catherine Isabel in it, too, as one of the bully girls. Um, that was bad. That was a bad movie. Don't watch that. If you have access to it, uh, pretend that you don't, because it's not good. And it's full of, uh, I think it came out in like 92, 98, something like that. Bargain basement CGI, drive you crazy. She actually lives at the end and is saved by Sue Snell and uh, ushered out of Chamberlain, Maine. Because that makes sense. And I'm sure that's what Stephen King would have preferred, you jackasses. So I don't know how, I don't know if I'm going to get on board with this. Um, I mean, we've seen all the movies. I've read the book. We know where the story goes. I don't know that we need an adaptation, uh, a, a miniseries adaptation of movies that we've already seen but you know if it, they put some kind of a cool little twist on it or something maybe don't hey all right now that i brought it up i'm gonna go ahead and say it do not even think about making carrie a guy because that will fucking piss me off in a lot of ways so don't even do it you sons of bitch. i'm not even gonna get into it but i don't if, if they make him a guy i'm done i'm done I will end this fucking podcast, and uh, you will never hear from me again. I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna retract that. I'm gonna redact that. I'm gonna say, um, if they make him a guy and uh, it gets like rave reviews, then I am done. I'm, I will retire from this podcast, and I will shut this whole shit down right now. Test me, you motherfuckers. I'll do it. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be so angry, but that's the kind of shit that really chaps my ass. Uh, Anne Rice, you know the name? Uh, the Vampire Chronicles, uh, Interview of the Vampire, all that stuff. She is shopping a Vampire Chronicles um, situation, like the rights to the Vampire Cro- Chronicles in a massive TV and film uh, package. So um, there's that. I don't. I don't know that we need that right now i don't i I was i'll be honest with you i was not a big fan of the vampire chronicles i liked interview with a vampire when it came when it came out not so much recently um 
But that that I've read, uh, I think three of the books, and that's pretty much what it is. It's just a whole lot of, uh, you know, the morose, uh, good-looking vampire who. I mean, I'm, he has reason to be morose. I understand that, but I would prefer that you just eat people. You know, uh, I would prefer that you just. Uh, bite the bite the heads off of dudes and things like that you don't have to play musical instruments that are made out of dead bodies that's kind of silly but be a vampire man don't be a fashion model is what i'm saying and it's not to say that we i I don't like backstories with my vampires i'm just saying uh, let's get a let's get a good vampire villain going you know let's be i would like to be scared of the vampires again I have not been in a very long time, probably since 30 Days of Night in, uh, what was that, 2006, uh, 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 I think, something like that, 2005, I don't know, something like that. Uh, so, I don't know, man, I don't, it's something to think about if you're a big Anne Rice guy, I am not, but if you are, then good for you. Let's jump right back to Stephen King land. Does anybody out there have a cable or streaming surface, surface? do you have a, a streaming surface? service dude i'm sick (laughs) i'm sorry and uh i've been drinking scotch for about an hour now so uh apologies on that a streaming service called epics or i believe it's also a regular cable channel if you want to go that route they are also adapting a stephen king work salem's lot for a um small screen adaptation is what it says which means it's going to be some kind of an episodic thing not the time that I'm mad at that. This one's going to be starring Adrian Brody. Um, again, I feel like we could probably just pump the fucking brakes on Stephen King a little bit. We've kind of been anally fisted with by this guy for a while, and normally I would not be mad at that. But like I said, all it takes is one stinker. And he goes away for a very long time. So, uh, I I can't really point my finger at a stinker unless you want to count uh, The Dark Tower. Which, from what I understand, is vastly different from the books. And I I get that. But the movie itself, not that good. Uh, It came out parallel to It Chapter 1. So, I think everybody just kind of turned a blind eye to it. And we've been on the Stephen King train ever since. Not that that's a bad thing. Just saying, uh, maybe we could just take a little break. (laughs) Give us like a year of no Stephen King. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, man. I'm just saying that we're going to get inundated with it. And then his stock is going to plummet. And then he's going to go away for 30 years. And then we're going to get more goddamn uh, Children of the Corn sequels. You know, That's that's what our future looks like. So... I mean, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I'll see what's going on. I don't have epics. Does anybody have epics? Give me your username and password, and I'll be happy to check it out. I like Adrian Brody. I think he usually, uh, I don't know. I I mean, he was in that Predators sequel, Predator, the Predators, whatever it was, the one with uh, where they go to the planet and they take uh, the guy from the 70s show. That was not a bad show. I know a lot of Predator people out there didn't like it. I thought it wasn't nearly as bad as The Predator, right? That's a whole other episode right there. That was all we have on the horror news. How about some listener mail, my friends? 
From what I understand, I have some uh, some explaining to do this week in the listener mail segment, and I am ready to uh, be taken to task for that. So, I'm sorry. Listener mail. Boo yeah. Let's jump right into the listener mail section. We're going to go... I am very sorry about the phlegm and the disgusting voice. It's uh, it's terrible. Not a lot of the listener mail. It's a holiday season. I understand that. And things are pretty hectic. Let's jump right to Sydney, Australia with our main man, Tim. Subject line. So, you hate Australians. Motherfucker. <laughs> okay, I can explain. I, can, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Jesus Christ, Darian and Tim are having some kind of a thing. Let me explain. I can explain this whole thing, okay? Uh, so you may remember last week, if anybody listened to last week's show, Tim wrote in, and he started his email with dot, 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 and another thing, as if to say there was a previous email, which I did not read, which there was, and I did not read it. And uh, the reason why I didn't read it is because it went straight to my junk mail folder, Tim. I'm sorry, but that did happen. Um, I don't know why that happens, man. It, it used to happen to Tony every week. It's happened to Cake Wolf a couple of times. Uh, I have no control over it. It just seems to pick random emails from listeners usually and skip them right on into the junk mail. Now, I used to be in the habit of checking my junk mail before every show, but... It hasn't happened in like a year, so I thought I was in the clear, Tim, but uh, apparently I am not, so I am sorry. Uh, let's <laughs> let's pick it up. Pick it up from there, shall we? Howdy, fellas and ladies. How are we this fine day? Before I start, I have some skulls to fuck. That would be me. Actually, only Darian's skull is getting a dickin' because apparently Darian hates Australians. Now, wait just a goddamn minute, sir. I never made any... Uh, kind of uh, allusions to Australia as a nation or as a people, my friend. So let's just take it easy before we start uh, throwing out racism uh, slurs. <laughs> uh, Mr. I'm too good to read all the all of Tim's email. I get it. You're jealous of me and my good looks and weird accent. It's not my fa- fault. I was born this awesome. I am jealous, and you're right. You are very attractive. But not just the email, going back to your Dead 7 episode, Darian named his zombie team. I just want to say thank you for the invite to your team. Oh, that's right, I wasn't invited. So I'm going to name my zombie killing team, which includes Buddy, Monica, Alan Cha-Cha, Tom Hardy, Lance, Troy, Sarah, Irma Gersh, Crackhouse Matt, Tony, Stephen Loblad, Lars, Sean, Emma, Cakewolf, Daily Brock, and anyone who has ever listened to the Padded Room podcast. In fact, everyone in the whole world is on my zombie killing team except for you, Darian Brock. How does it feel now? Well, I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. I am sure that I meant to say uh, Tim was on my zombie killing team. And I don't, I don't even remember. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to tell you, Tim. I'm sorry. Uh... I don't know why. See, this is what happens when I start throwing out names. I should just stop because somebody's going to get left out and their feelings are going to get hurt. And then here we are. And now I'm, I, am, I am the only man in the known universe not on Tim's uh, zombie killing team. 
and it doesn't feel good, inmates. So the more you know. Uh, anyway, Terra Dome, I'm taking Dracula in singles, and in teams, I'm going to take the Blind Dead, because why not? All right. Well, I'm glad we could still get down to business here, Tim, despite your clear and present uh, feelings of animosity towards me. Two for the Blind Dead, two for Dracula. Hmm. Going back to the Headhunter, because someone forgot to forgot my email. It was a surprisingly good film, but I went on to read some facts, and I was shocked to read the film was made for only $30,000. Well worth a watch. Anyway, I hope Buddy and Monica have a good week, and I'll talk to you too next week. Much love, guys. Bye, Darian. Oh, and Merry Christmas and all that jazz. I hope every inmate here has an awesome time. Stay safe, eat heaps, drink more, and be happy. Even you, Big D. Oh, (laughs) I'm going to cry now, you son of a bitch. I'm getting all emotional. Actually, that's just a phlegm mod. Well, Tim, guess what, sir? I managed to actually dig up your email from last week and am now going to read it in its entirety. So here we go from Sydney, Australia. And one week ago, here comes Tim. Subject line, petty catch-ups. This is, bear in mind, inmates, this is from a week ago. Howdy, fellas and lady. How are we this fine day? Before I start going back to your Dead 7 episode, Darian named his team, his zombie team. I just want to say thank you for your invite to your team. Oh, that's right. I wasn't invited. So I'm going to name my zombie killing team, which includes Buddy, Monica, Alan Cha-Cha, Tom, Hardy, Lance, Troy, Sarah, Irma Gersh, Crackhouse, Matt, Troy, Steven, Tony, uh, Lars, Sean, Emma, Daly, and anyone who has ever listened to the podcast. In fact, everyone in the whole world is on my zombie killing team, except for you, Darian Brock. How does it feel now? Not very good. It doesn't feel very good. Still. Anyway, Terra Dome, I'm taking Michael in singles only because the only mummy I like is the one in the Monster Squad, and all you have to do is pull his bandages off and he's dead, and I'm sure Michael could do that. Teams, I'm going Critters because Darian doesn't want them to win. The Headhunter was a surprisingly good film, but went on to read some facts and was shocked that the film was made for $30,000, well worth a watch. Anyway, I hope Buddy and Monica have a good week, and I'll talk to you too next week. Much love, you guys. Bye, Darian. Well, the joke's on you, Tim, because they're not here. Uh, The Critters vote wouldn't have mattered, and neither would have the the Michael Myers vote. So both of your uh, votes... uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, what are you going to do, man? But, hey, Tim, I love you. And uh, thank you for writing in, and your votes are in, and I have read multiple successions of your emails at this point, so... Good on you. Let's move it along down to Houston, Texas. Here comes Lance. Subject line, Terror Dome. I think the theory of Maniac Cop using the baton against Dracula holds water. Also, Blind Dead versus Deadites may be too close to call, but if Ash picks a side, he will help the Blind Dead, giving them the advantage. All right, so I think I'm going to take that as two for the Maniac Cop and two for the Blind Dead. Uh, that's what it sounds like to me. So that's what I'm going with. Two for the blind dead. Two for the maniac. Oh, fucking fuck. We got a tie. We got a tie here, people. Two for the maniac cop. Thanks for writing in, Lance. And a Merry Christmas to you, sir, and your family. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to live to see the end of this podcast, gang. Um... And it looks like that's all we have on the listener mail. 
thank you very much, Tim and Lance, for writing in. Hope everybody else is having a happy New Year's Eve out there. Got all your Christmas shopping done and all. I am going to get into a movie right now, uh, if I if I can live that long, and uh, go live on the Psycho Bunny Death Cult with Bone Tomahawk. Bracing. It's going to penetrate. Good evening. Civilized towns. You look a man direct in the face when you talk to him. This isn't comfortable. Oh, it's not supposed to be. Here's a uh, situation. Serious. Mrs. O'Dwyer was abducted. She is my everything, and those savages have got her. God knows what they're doing to her. And every second, they'll be delayed. You know who did this? I don't have a name. How many of them do you think there are? It won't matter. You have no chance against any number of them. I'm, I'm coming with you. No, no, I need you here. And this is what a backup's for, to help an emergency, not stay back. I'm coming. Making a five-day journey in three days, riding long and sleeping the bare minimum. I don't know what's west of here. No cattle trailer or anything else goes in that direction. If our horses die before we get there, or we go into hostile territory, weak and foggy with exhaustion, we won't rescue anybody. Don't be scared. I am a friend. You aren't. Damn you! You had no cause. If you want to question my morals... Do it later. Bless us, O Lord, and these that gifts, which we are about to receive. That's right, inmates. We are talking about Bone Tomahawk. This one's from 2015. Stars the Kurt Russell, uh, Richard Jenkins, and Patrick Wilson. Um, As I was talking to the Psycho Bunny Death Cult a moment ago, this offers an interesting quandary as to exactly which um, subgenre or genre as a whole this movie fits into. Uh, my man Zach over here thinks it's a, th- thinks of it as a horror movie. I t- tend to agree with him more out of just um, and Cap- Tony's in the house. What's up, Tony? And Captain Spaulding, you're exactly right, Tony. And I don't know like how many genre actors is required to to make an official horror movie, but you've got uh, Sid Haig, who probably built had a lot of 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 he's got a huge horror pedigree. Is what I'm saying. So as far as like 
I I don't know what other category you would put it into other than Western. But Western is a broad category. You can do like Western romance, Western action. A lot of different stories can take place in the Old West. This one is pretty gnarly, and it's going to get uh, pretty pretty ugly. Tony knows what I'm talking about. David Arquette, another genre actor. Name one movie other than Scream that David Arquette has been in. Uh, that wrestling movie uh, where he's uh, he works at a guest. He work he cleans shitters. I think I don't even know the name of that one. Ready to Rumble? I think I don't know. Anyway, uh, Eight Legged. Oh, that's horror movie. That's what I'm okay. But yes, but that is a horror movie. Eight Legged Freaks. Tony, you're exactly right. Apologies. Okay. Anyway, this movie is is a western. Starts off in the old west, and what we get is a, is a couple of cutthroats. Played by Captain Spaulding, Sid Haig, and the uh, aforementioned uh, David Arquette. Apparently, Tony is some kind of a David Arquette uh, s- super fan, which I, I I enjoy his work. He was in Ravenous. You're right. You're right, Troy. He wasn't. I can we go ahead and put David Arquette as a horror actor? Ravenous, Eight Legged Freaks, Ready to Rumble, not so much, but you know, still. Um, of course, uh, Scream, um, Bone Tomahawk, for Christ's sakes. I like him. I, I've heard interviews with him. He's apparently batshit crazy and uh, quite possibly has a couple of screws loose. But uh, I, I, I enjoy his work, you know, for what it's worth. He seems to play pretty much the same character all the time, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's keeping him working in Hollywood. Regardless, uh, a couple of cutthroats in the Old West coming up on a camp of dudes that are sleeping. And it's like late in the day, so these motherfuckers have slept in. So the, the, the cutthroats come in and like they just they just start killing these guys and taking what they got. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cutthroats played by Sid Hagen, David Arquette, if I haven't already mentioned. Uh, as they're pillaging this camp after killing all these poor sleeping schmucks, um, they hear some horses coming. So they're like, we got to get the fuck out of here. I don't know where we're at geographically with this, but apparently we're like out on the Western fringes of civilization somewhere, which is gnarly. So they're like, we got to go. We can't go that way. Cause that's where the, the horse sounds are coming from. The posse's coming this way. Well, let's go this way through this weird Valley. I don't know where it goes. So they go hauling ass through the Valley as they're going, they start seeing like animal skulls embedded in the, uh, the Valley walls start hearing weird noises. The noises that they hear, kind of wolf howl-ish, but not 100% wolf howl-y. Like, I feel like this could have been like a French horn or like a harpsichord. I don't even know what a harpsichord is or what kind of sound it would make, but that is the instrument that comes to mind when I hear that sound. It's like a weird raspy howl. And it's kind of, and they're, Sid Haig is like the salty dog of the, he plays a guy by the name of Buddy, oddly enough. And he's like, ah, oh, it's nothing, it's the wind, come on. And he's like, no, 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 that's something, something weird out here. We debated tonight if it was wrong to watch hor- a horror pick on Christmas Eve. We decided no and watch Krampus. Krampus is a great movie, Jim. Uh, I've done a full episode on Krampus. It's beautiful. You're going to love that. And they find the burial mound from Pet Cemetery. That's exactly right, Tony. They happen upon the Micmac burial ground, more or less. They got the weird rock formations, and it's like a circular geometric, geometric, geometric thing going on. And they're like, what the fuck is this? 
And Buddy is like, I don't give a shit. The posse's up our ass. We got to move. And David Arquette is like, this is uh, fucking weird. And I don't want any part of this. So Buddy keeps going. He gets hit in the chest with an arrow. And he's like, fuck. And then he dies. We see one of these Native American guys come out and actually kill Buddy with the titular bone tomahawk. The subtitles bounce between Wolf Howl and Eerie Howl. <laughs> Tony, you must have watched this on Amazon Prime as well, because that's where I watched it, and you're exactly right. Could be a Wolf Howl, could be an Eerie Howl, could be a harpsichord, although Amazon Prime never officially identified it as a harpsichord. I just like to think of it as a harpsichord. And again, I have no factual basis to base that on, but I'm going to go with it. Um, so, boom. Uh, buddy Sid Haig is out of the equation. Connor's in the house. How you doing, Connor? Hey, congratulations on the new job, Connor. Uh, well done. Um, so Buddy's out of the equation. David Arquette goes hauling ass. Okay, that's pretty scary. I mean, but at the same time, you don't want to invade or be a fuckhead in a Native American burial ground. And but I mean, like, if you happen upon it, you can be like, oh, whoa, hey, this. Uh, I'm gonna go around. Uh, buddy Sid Haig is like, well, fuck this shit. I'm just going to walk right through. And he starts trampling skulls and shit. You got to show some respect, dude. Don't be a dickhead. Uh, regardless, uh, David Arquette's character made it out. And now we're going to cut to a couple days later. I, I think they said 11 days later, exactly. Uh, at a nearby town called Bright Hope. Now, hang out with me on this because we are going to steep ourselves in the day-to-day drama of Bright Hope. Uh, New Mexico or Arizona or wherever it was. Hey, uh, Althea, Athea, Alethea, Alethea. Give me five minutes and I will pronounce your name correctly, my dear. But uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, you're welcome, Connor. Uh, so here we are in Bright Hope uh, in the Old West. Excellent. Small town. Looks like they're having a great time. We're going to meet some of the central characters here. First off, we have the neighborhood bar. And by neighborhood bar, I think it's the only bar in the whole town. It's called the Educated or the Learned Goat. Although I think the Educated Goat would have been much more funny. (laughs) The Master's Degree Holding uh, Goat is what we'll call this little bar. Uh, It's the the Learned Goat and everything is cool. That's like the town hangout slash town hall slash uh, drinking hole. And, you know, it seems like they're they're on... They're having pretty hard times here in Bright Hope because there's nobody in the fucking place. Um, cut to across town. We're going to meet, uh, I, I don't know, a very well-to-do couple played by Patrick Wilson and Lillian Sims, uh, and these are the O'Dwyers. Uh, you're going to love these two. They're good folks. Uh, O'Dwyer, Mr. O'Dwyer has his leg in a splint. Because apparently he was trying to fix... You said my... Yes! I, ah! I knew it, Alethea! I would get it eventually. And I did. That's what a stick... That's what a little can-do attitude can do for you when it comes to pronouncing Alethea's name correctly. So think of that uh, as a uh, tale of uh, triumph. <laughs> it seems as if the whole town was only about 10 or so people yeah that's what it seemed like to me tone um you got the sheriff played by kurt russell uh franklin hunt his wife who is apparently ill at the time uh you have 
a guy named Chicory, who is played by Richard Jenkins. Jenkins. Uh, Tony, you saw this movie. Was it just me, or did Richard Jenkins pretty much make this entire movie? I thought he was like the, the shining gem of the whole movie. I love me some Chicory. I got to get a Chicory t-shirt or something, because... He was bad. He was the comic relief, but I loved him to death. Anyway, um, you got Chicory, who is his assist, uh, vice assistant deputy or something like that. Chewed up the scenes. Tony knows what I'm talking about. Uh, you also have uh, Nick, who is his actual deputy. You have the O'Dwyers. Uh, you have the guy that owns the uh, learned goat. You got like the the town rich guy who was played by Michael Perry. Now we only get to see this dude for a few minutes. Official backup deputy, you're right, Tone. Uh, we only get to see Michael Perry, 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 for a few seconds. But anytime Michael Perry is on screen, you know who he is because he was the '80s action star, but only for about 12 minutes. You'll know him from uh, Streets of Fire. Uh, Eddie and the Cruisers, um, a score of other movies that don't come to me immediately, but now he shows up in like these weird bit parts in, uh, like independent horror movies. And he just happened to show up in this one and he plays the town rich guy and he's, he's there at the learned goat. So, um, all is well and good. We get to see, uh, the O'Dwyer's attempt to have sex. And I will tell you, uh, Lillian Sims, I don't know if those were stump boobs or not, but I enjoyed them quite a bit. So tip of the hat to you, Lillian Sims, for staying in good shape. She's very attractive. Um, but having sex when you've got your leg in a splint, bit of a task, bit of a chore, I would assume. That's got to be that's got to be a process. You know, you got to get the angles right. Two thumbs up for Mrs. Sims. I agree, Tone. Uh, and that's all well and good now, but the thing is, though, is that Chicory, who is the official backup deputy, goes for one of his late night rambles. And by that, I mean, I'm getting a new tattoo Friday. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Connor, I hope it's not the Wendy's logo because you haven't actually started that job yet, but I hope that, uh, stop talking about, I haven't even started talking about sex, Connor. You got to give me five minutes before I start talking about sex. Jesus Christ. We're, I'm getting to the sex, just and then you can tell me to stop talking about sex, and then I will, but not until I start talking about sex. Um, so the funny part, though, is that he's out on one of his late-night rambles. Now, I should mention Richard Jenkins. Um, I mentioned that he made the movie. Uh, you'll know him from... Um, um, oh, fuck. Um... He has been in a lot of goddamn movies, and none of them are coming to mind uh, at the moment. Uh, he's Oh, uh, Step Brothers. He played the stepdad in Step Brothers. Um, he's, he's like a lovable old guy, you know? He's always like a, like a substitute teacher or a stepdad, or he shows up in a lot of... Uh, you were still talking. I was thinking about talking about it, Connor. Don't read my... Don't get ahead of me. Um... Anyway, he plays Chicory. He's out on one of his late-night rambles, and he happens upon David Arquette just burying suitcases full of something in an open field, which is very strange. So he naturally hauls ass to the sheriff's office, and he's like, hey, sheriff, I, there's some weirdo out there burying luggage, and it's kind of freaking me out a little bit. Now, a couple of things about Chicory. 
Uh, there is a lot of story here. Again, this is a two-hour and 12-minute movie, and I'm going to have to glaze through a lot of it because I don't want to eat up two hours and 12 minutes of your time on Christmas Eve. Hey, my cousin Randy's in the house. What's up, Randy? I hope you're having more fun than I am right now. <laughs> I'm having a great time. Uh, who gives a shit? Uh, now, the thing about um, Chicory, though, is that he is a widower, and he doesn't He's got an awful lot of free time on his hands. And he's like, I think he just kind of hangs around the sheriff's office because he really doesn't have anything better to do. And he's kind of, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Randy. That sucks. I have to work in the morning if that makes you feel any better. Chicory doesn't sleep much. He says he doesn't sleep much, Tony. But uh, he spends a good chunk of this movie asleep. So bear that in mind. Um He's out on his, one of his late night rambles. He catches David as he goes to the uh, sheriff's office, and he tells the sheriff that the weird uh, drifter guy who's burying luggage in an empty field for no reason is over at the Learned Goat. So the sheriff, Kurt Russell, is like, all right, let's go over to the Learned Goat and talk to this guy. So they go over there. They start talking to this guy. David Arquette is there, introduces himself as Buddy. We know he's not Buddy because Sid Haig was Buddy. I don't have to work till Saturday. Very cool, Connor. Um, he's being he's being shady and lofty. He's only asleep when it's most inconvenient. Uh, you're probably yeah, that makes sense. But like ninety nine percent of this movie is inconvenient, Tony. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, he's over there and uh, he's being lofty. Like he won't look at the the sheriff when he's talking to him. He's basically being David Arquette. You know that weird kind of. That thing that David Arquette did, a lot of that going on. I don't understand that. But uh, uh, make a long story short, uh, the sheriff is like, hey, how about you come show me where you buried all those suitcases, you fucker? And then David Arquette tries to make a run for it, and then the sheriff shoots him in the leg. And then he's like, well, there you go. Let's take him. Let's. I guess he's under arrest. I just shot him in the leg. So let's, let, let's uh, get him over to the jail there. Now. Here's the here's where things start to get weird right off the bat. They take him to the jail, right? He's got a bullet in his leg. Now, there is a town doctor somewhere. I don't know who or where, and it doesn't really matter. But wherever the town doctor is, he's drunk. So they have to go to the next best thing to the town doctor, who unfortunately happens to be Mrs. Dwyer post-coitus. So... Uh, as they're looking around the learned goat, they're like, they find just a dude sitting in the corner and they're like, Hey, you go get the town doc. If he's not available or he's hammered, which he is go get, uh, Mrs. Dwyer. So he goes and gets Mrs. Dwyer. I don't know if he even tried the town doc regardless. Um, now let's talk about the dude that they sent to get Mrs. Dwyer guy by the name of Mr. Bruders. Mr. Bruders is a bad motherfucker. And we know that because he didn't move a muscle during the weird Sheriff uh, David Arquette encounter there at the bar, you know, and he's very well dressed and he looks like he'd probably kick somebody's ass. So uh, he goes and gets Mrs. Dwyer and there's a little bit of a little bit of a sexual um, kind of a weird kind of a thing between Mr. Bruder and uh, Mrs. Dwyer right off at the Right when she answers the door, like she answers the door, she looks at him, he looks at her, and there's like a, like, hey, we may have had sex at some point. I don't, 
I may have seen you naked or masturbated to you or you, me. I don't know, but there is something here between us. And Mr. O'Dwyer is upstairs. He's still got his leg in a splint, and he's like, ah, get the fuck out of here. So they take uh, Mr. Bruder escorts Mrs. Dwyer to the jail to extract the bullet from David Arquette's leg. She gets there. That's all well and good. She's working on him. We meet the uh, the official uh, deputy, not the backup deputy, but the re- the regular deputy, young kid by the name of Nick. Now, don't pay too much attention to Nick right now, but he's going to play a bit of a he's going to have a bit of a thing here in a minute, folks. So just bear with me. Uh, now, right about this point, she's working on. Uh, uh david arquette the sheriff is there he's like well we're probably gonna have to hang him in the morning so least you can do is get that bullet out of his leg first and then sheriff leaves he leaves nick and uh mrs dwyer there at the the sheriff's office with the wounded uh david arquette uh next morning we're gonna cut right to the next morning uh mr o'dwyer wakes up patrick wilson and he's like hey where's my wife she was just going to the sheriff's office to get that bullet out of the guy's leg she's still not home yet so he's like what the fuck where's my wife oh shit um cut to the sheriff's office now some weird shit happened the night before and we don't get the full scope until right about now because basically all we see is some stable boy uh going to look after the horses and he uh catches an arrow to the chest and then somebody jumps out of the shadows and like bone tomahawks him across the neck motherfucker um, after that, we cut directly to the next morning with Mr. O'Dwyer waking up and then the sheriff waking up next to his wife and, uh, the owner of the learned goat running into his house and being like, sheriff, we got a problem. So basically what we're going to find out, <coughs> excuse me, is that something went down the night before the stable boy's dead. They go and check on him. He's still dead. He has not gotten back up. So we don't have to worry about zombies just yet just yet uh go to the sheriff's office mrs o'dwyer the deputy nick and the drifter with a bullet in his leg all gone fucking gone history not even present anymore a couple of clues though a couple of things about the scene that raise suspicion number one arrow like bow and arrow native american arrow lodged in one of the walls so sheriff sees it he's like ah look at this fucking thing hey go get the professor so apparently there is a professor in this town uh maybe some kind of a schoolhouse or something and it's a little native american guy who will recognize horror fans as crow daddy from dr sleep how you like that shit uh it's not actually crow daddy but it's the guy that plays crow daddy would be cool if that actually was i mean technically it could be crow daddy right because he was part of the true knot and they're immortal and maybe before he met rose the hat i don't know if you want to draw some kind of a parallel between uh dr sleep and bone tomahawk but there you go i just did it for you so from there they go get the professor professor comes back and he's like yeah Hey, what's going on? Oh, uh, some native, some native tribe ran off with uh, the deputy, the drifter, and uh, the nurse. And we'd like to know which tribe, and we'd also like to know uh, why they fuck, why the fuck they did that, and how we can get them back. So he's looking at the arrow, and he's like, "Dude, dude, you guys got a lot of fucking problems because 
no half-assed civilized tribe shot this arrow. This arrow came from a band of troglodytes, he calls them. I don't know what the fuck a troglodyte is, but it sounds like a nasty customer. It sounds like something out of Lord of the Rings, probably. And uh, I don't want any part of the troglodytes, and neither do you, because... He goes on, I, all right, I'm getting ahead of myself. I mean, they're they're nasty. They're nasty business. He goes on to explain that the troglodytes live like way, way out on the western fringe in what him and his people refer to as the Valley of the, uh, the Starving Man. That's some scary shit. Uh, they're inbred, okay, and uh, they adhere to some very strange uh practices cannibals of course i think that goes without saying and uh you don't want any part of them so the sheriff's like well how, how do we get our friends back and he's like you don't and he's like well how many are there and there's like it doesn't really matter how many they are you can go in there with a whole army and they're still going to wipe you out and about this time is when uh mr o'dwyer shows up he's hobbling in with a weird crutch and he's like, hey, I'm going to go get my wife. And he's like, dude, you're fucking crippled. And you cannot be going to get uh, the newspaper at the end of your driveway. So just no. And he's like, I'm going to get my wife, you son of a bitch. So the sheriff's like, okay, I will go get his wife and everybody else. He's coming with me because we don't have a choice. Chicory is like, I'm going too. I'm the official backup deputy. I have to go. He's like, all right, old man, whatever. Mr. Bruder. Is like, I've killed more Indians than anybody here, probably all of you combined, so I'm going too. So now we have like the official posse set up, ready to roll, and off they go. So it's uh, Mr. Bruder, Mr. O'Dwyer, Chicory, and the sheriff. Party of four headed off to the Valley of the Starving Man to kick some troglodyte ass and hopefully get back the... uh, Wife, the deputy, and the, uh, well, who gives a shit about the drifter? But still, you know, you don't want to leave him in the clutches of whomever. The troglodytes, right? Who knows what the fuck they're going to do. So this is the part that I'm going to glaze over because this is probably a good hour's worth of the movie. Uh, From there, we have, like, I guess kind of a road trip movie where uh, these four are, they've got like a five-day, like, ride ahead of them. And we get a lot of backstory from these dudes. Uh, We find out that Mr. O'Dwyer has an opium tincture, and it's for the pain of his compound fractured leg. He's hitting that pretty hard. Sheriff has to confiscate it because he's like, I don't need you spilling out of that saddle when things get rough. And he's like, it's just for the pain. He's like, oh, just fucking give it to me. So it's kind of like a weird standoff. Um, We also find out that... uh, Mr. Bruder has killed quite a few Native Americans, to include uh, women and children, and there is a backstory behind that, has to do with his uh, mother and sisters being murdered, presumably by Natives, uh, at an earlier point prior to this movie. Um, What else do we have? Uh, Chicory, he's the comic relief, and I love me some Chicory, and he's always got something fun to say. For example, at one point... uh, um, during the confiscation of the opium tincture, Mr. O'Dwyer loses his cool and he's like, you're an imbecile. Get away from me, you dumb imbecile. 
And then after after Mr. O'Dwyer apologizes, Chicory's like, ah, don't worry about it. My wife used to call me a dumb imbecile. Kind of felt good to hear it again. <laughs> I got a little chuckle out of that. It was good. So that's like a good hour of the movie. And it's not to say that that's bad. It's just that's why I hesitate to call this an action film. But moving right along. We get to uh, a part where Mr. O'Dwyer's leg is consistently getting worse and worse and worse. And it's it's getting pretty bad. And at one point, he starts to fall behind on the horse. And they take a look at the leg and they're like, dude, that is infected. And it is pretty gnarly. You have probably got yourself some gangrene, amigo. Uh, good chance that when we get back to town, if we make it back, to, if we survive this fucking nonsense, we're going to have to cut that goddamn leg off. Now, something w- worth mentioning at this point is that Chicory, it, uh, I think he kind of mentions in passing that he did some surgery during the war, which I assume to be the Civil War, which makes him a Civil War surgeon, which is probably one of the scariest jobs to have in all of history, if you ask me, uh, sawbones and hasty amputations and screaming dudes and body part piles. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I just grossed myself out. Anyway, uh, so that's something worth mentioning. Every time this topic gets brought up in front of Chicory, he kind of gets like this weird far off stare and he's like, I was in the war. Oh. It's it's scary, man. You don't want any part of that business. Um, now they camp at one point with these guys, with you know, amongst themselves, and uh, in the middle of the night, a couple of Mexicans roll up, um, two guys on foot, and just out of the middle of the fucking desert, here they come, and they're like, "Hey, uh, sorry, we were gonna announce ourselves," and they've all got guns pointed at them, like, ah, "What are you doing out there, amigos?" I don't. What, what's going on here? And before they can like actually start talking to these guys or asking them questions, Mr. Bruder just blows them both away. Bop, 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 bop. Kills them both on the spot. Um, the witch caught... Okay, so now we have like a weird standoff between Mr. Bruder and the sheriff. Sheriff's like, you had no reason to kill them. And he's like, hey, hey, hey. Let me explain. Those two are uh, scouts for a raiding party that are probably drawing near. We need to kill this campsite go somewhere else and not have a fire tonight. So they do just that. They kill the campsite, go somewhere else. Sure as shit, later on that night, they get half-ass raided, I guess. And a bunch of guys try to jump them in their sleep. They manage to fight the guys off. But the guys, surviving guys, make it out of there with their horses. So now our four amigos are stuck on foot. That completely sucks especially for Mr. Dwyer, who has a compound fracture of the leg. So off they go now, on foot, towards uh, the Valley of the Starving Man. So they're, go- they're fine. They're, they're moving on foot. They're like, uh, you know, still a day or two out, day and a half out, something like that. Now, the problem here is Mr. O'Dwyer. He's got that compound fracture, and it is fucking him up big time. In fact... He like keeps stumbling and tripping as he goes, and he's falling farther and farther behind the other three dudes. And at one point, they're like, hey, man, 
we're going to mark the path as to like which way we go and stuff. You just keep up as you can. When we make camp, maybe you can catch up to us then. And he's like, yeah, great, fine. So eventually they make camp just as they hit the, like the valley. So they're like, okay, it's like noon. We're going to sleep the rest of the day. Once uh, the sun sets, then we're going to try to finagle our way into the valley and see what's going on. It's going to be great. Scary stuff in there, you know. Uh, so that's what they do. And that's about the time that, uh, O'Dwyer catches up. Now, when he catches up, he's hurting bad and he's making a lot of noise as he goes. So like, dude, just fucking chill right here for two seconds. Let's take a look at that leg. Chicory takes a look at the leg and he's like, that is fucking gang green dude. I'm going to suggest that I go ahead and cut the fucker off right now. And he's like, no, 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 no. You're not cutting my leg off. You son of a bitch. That, 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 that just. Take it easy there, Civil War doctor. You are not going to cut my leg off just yet. But they uh, they give him as much. They give him what they refer to as two fingers, which I think is like that that much. I don't I don't know. I don't know what that entails of the opium tincture, and they take the rest with them. Um, they do reset the bone, which knocks him the fuck out, either with the opium or the shock, and he sleeps like. All through that day and into the next night. He's out out like a light, so good for him. I imagine it looks like it hurt like a son of a bitch, right? Fuck, God. Resetting a bone in the old... I mean, it's better than uh, amputation, I suppose. That's got to really hurt. Jesus fucking Christ. All right, so that all that being said, uh, the, the th- now there's only three of them. You got Bruder, you got Chicory, you got the Sheriff. They take off into the Valley of the Hungry Man. Come across the old McMac burial ground, very scary. Come across the uh, animal skulls embedded in the valley walls. Whoa, fuck. What the fuck is this? Start hearing that howling sound. Uh, they go in through the night, and the howling sound is like sometimes it sounds far away, other times it's up close. Uh, next day rolls around, and now they're like, okay, we're here. This is where they look up and they see like a cave mouth in the side of the 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 valley and they're like that's probably where they're keeping them or where they are i don't know what's fucking going on and that's when the the ambush springs um mr bruder gets uh he he doesn't last too long at all he's the first one to get taken down uh arrow 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 and then they drag him under some cover and he's like Give me some dynamite. I intend to kill as many of these guys as I can. So they give him the dynamite, and then the sheriff and Chicory go hauling ass out of the the valley, hoping to at least save their cans. Uh, They get out of the valley just as uh, Mr. Bruder and the dynamite, they they don't do shit, really. One of the troglodytes pops up and kills. There actually is a bone tomahawk that is used quite prevalently in this movie. And it's used to kill Mr. Bruder, which sucks, because he was going to be our big action star, I kind of felt like. And he was going to be the the badass of the movie and, say, and you know save everybody, but now he's dead. So, so long, Mr. Bruder, and your flashy suit, and your uh, fun, uh, uh, what do you call that, Telegra- uh, telescope. So he's out of the equation. Sheriff and Chicory make it out of the valley, uh, as they come out, though, they get hit with another ambush. Uh, more arrows. Uh, both of them get knocked out. And once they get knocked out, they get, like, roped up, and then they start being hoisted up towards the mouth of the cave. Do not 
Let these motherfuckers take you alive. Uh, the luckiest guy in this entire movie is Mr. Bruder, and he's dead. Everybody else? Whoa, bad stuff is about to happen. <laughs> really bad stuff is about to happen to these dudes, inmates, and psycho bunnies. Um, so from here, uh, they get him up there, and once they get him up there, they put him in a cage. Uh, like a cage cell type of a thing. And right across from their cell, they see Nick, the deputy, and Mrs. Uh, O'Dwyer. And they've been held captive there for some time, obviously. Uh, Mrs. O'Dwyer seems pretty cognizant. Nick is completely unconscious. And this is, you know, where things get pretty ugly. So uh, the sheriff and Chicory come to, and they're like, oh, fuck, what? What the fuck? And they're like, yeah, they got you alive, and this really sucks. Uh, Mr. Mrs. O'Dwyer explains that they ate the drifter. They killed him and ate him, and that really sucks. Um, but he was kind of a piece of shit anyway, so who cares? His real name was Purvis. Purvis, by the way, which is a fun name. <laughs> hey, Purvis. Yeah, if you had a friend named Purvis, you would have to call him either Purvo or Pervy for short, right? I feel like that's the only way to go with Purvis. I don't know. Hey, don't name your kids Purvis, by the way. If you're thinking about it, don't even do it. You're you're asking for trouble. Uh, so they they got him. Uh, they got him in the cage. They're talking to uh, uh, Mrs. O'Dwyer uh, in the the cage across the way there, and uh, she's like, "Dude, these motherfuckers. Let me tell you about these guys. These guys." are 100% uh, insane in the membrane. They ate the goddamn drifter. Uh, I don't know if you saw the leader, but he has, like, grafted boar tusks coming out of his face like a fucking psycho. And, dude, I'm in, we're all in trouble now because we were counting on you guys to come save us, and there you are in the cell next to us. So welcome to fucking hell, I guess. I don't know. Now, as they're having this conversation, uh, the, here comes Boar Tusk and a couple of his henchmen, and they open up the cell across the way, and they take Nick out. Now, <laughs> I am not the squeamish type, uh, psycho bunnies in padded room inmates, but I, uh, having seen this movie, I watched this movie last night. Having seen it before, when it first came out, I had some serious thoughts about fast-forwarding through this part. I did not. I did not do that because I wasn't going to pay you the disservice of having me gloss over it. So I am now going to tell you in precise detail what happens to this young man. And I'm going to tell you up front, it's bad. It is bad, and it is depicted in its full, grotesque, uh, gruesome, very graphic glory. So... It's about to go down. They pull him out of a cell. He's delirious. He's got some kind of a, uh, I think he, I think he was sick or something. He's on, he's not even awake. Uh, as they pull him out, Sheriff and Chicory start screaming at him to wake up as if he's going to suddenly come to and fight these guys off or something like that. Uh, he does wake up as they're kind of shuffling him around. Uh, he's like, Sheriff, Sheriff, let me tell, let me tell you what's, what's going on. Uh, that, that drifter guy, his name was Purvis. He's a real piece of shit. He killed a bunch of people. He deserved to die. 
And he's like, okay, okay, I got you. He's like, Sheriff, make sure all my belongings get sent back to my brothers in Wisconsin, as if Nick knows he's about to die, which he is, by the way, in a very gruesome fashion. Uh, as he's like having this conversation with the sheriff, they're ripping the clothes off him. They're stripping him down naked. And he's kind of in and out of it. He seems like he's drunk or something like that. Uh, once they get him naked, they kind of hold him up and make him face the sheriff as if to continue his conversation. While the conversation is happening, they full on scalp him. And I don't mean like, I don't know what scalping entails 100%. I always thought that it was like, just like a, they would cut like the, the like the top part of your head, like the, I don't know, like the middle part. I don't know, even know. But they like do like the whole scalp. They like, and they peel it back while he's conscious. And he's screaming in pain as they do it. I know, that sucks. That's a dick move, to say the least. Uh, but they're just getting warmed up here, okay? <laughs> because they take the scalp, they wad it up, and shove it in his mouth, okay? Ah, that's not the end of it. They then take like a giant uh, bone um nail steak type of a thing and they then nail his own scalp into his mouth with a big with with the titular bone tomahawk bang bang and he's screaming the whole time looking at the sheriff as this is happening that's bad that's that looks miserable it looks painful i wouldn't wish that on anybody but again we're not done yet inmates in psycho bunnies we're just getting warmed up here now He's still alive. He's still screaming, and he doesn't really have the strength to, like, thrash about or anything, but he's still conscious. At this point, naked, sands the top of his head, with it nailed into his own mouth. They then hoist him upside down, and uh, the leader, the guy with the bone tusks, then, like, splits him down the middle, and it's not it's not a clean split, boys and girls. Think, uh, think about Terrifier. And the way the blonde went. It's basically the same thing, only not as much fun. Not that that was fun. Well, I, that was kind of fun because it was a clown doing it. So everything's more fun with clowns. These are troglodyte Native Americans. That is not fun. These guys are fucking angry. And they split him down the middle and peel him like a banana while he's still alive. That's gross and disgusting and painful and... uh that is, I, I'm not doing this justice, this kill scene. It is bad, man. It is really bad. Uh, <laughs> and the whole time this is happening, the sheriff is screaming at Nick about how the the cavalry from Gaston is going to come and butcher all these guys. That's not true. He knows it's not true. He's just trying to make the kid feel better. But this is a this is this is quite possibly. One of, if not the worst death scenes I've seen in a very long time. Name me a worse one. If anybody's seen this movie, give me a, a death scene that is worse than this one. Because I can't think of any off the top of my head. That is bad. That is a bad fucking death scene there, kiddos. Woo! And that scene alone, I feel like, makes this horror, makes this a horror movie. Okay, that's bad. <laughs> that's just the beginning. <laughs> that's just the beginning because we still have uh, Mrs. O'Dwyer, Sheriff, and Chicory in these the cells. And who's going to get that treatment next? I wonder. I don't know. Right about now, we're going to cut back down across the valley where Mr. O'Dwyer is just now regaining consciousness. Wakes up. 
he's hobbling along he's in a lot of pain uh he's got his gun and uh like he takes two steps and then he collapses gets up takes two more steps then collapses and this goes on and on and on for the entire day uh towards the end of that day though uh he like takes two steps collapse he starts he went into the valley where uh all the animal skulls were he saw like the weird crevice that everybody went to and saw all their stuff because when the the troglodytes took him they just cut they just let him they just like dropped all their stuff like it was garbage and then hauled them up to the cave mouth so he sees that and he's like i'm not doing this i'm gonna go around the backside so he like hobbles his ass around the backside where he kind of sort of half-ass catches one of the troglodytes by surprise shoots him uh hobbles up over to him to inspect the dead body make sure he's dead as he should and notices that this native this troglodyte has like a weird uh bone graft thing in his voice box uh it's like in his neck so he's like what the fuck what is that some kind of shit he carves it out and now whenever he blows into this weird bone thing it makes that howling sound so now he's like, I got you now, you fucking assholes. I'll make the howling sound. You cocksuckers will come to me, and I will shoot you all in the face. So he does just that. Like two or three more come down running at him, shoots them in the face. That's He's, he's doing pretty good for being crippled and uh, hobbling his ass through the desert. Now we're going to cut back up to the cave where the prison uh, scalping uh, taint ripping situation was. Now, the sheriff and Chicory uh, managed to keep the remainder of the tincture of opium on their persons whilst they were incarcerated. So they very quickly devised this rather ingenious scheme. I don't think it would have really worked uh, with um, Mrs. O'Dwyer about trying to poison the the rest of the, the troglodytes there. So the next time the troglodytes come walking through the little jail cell, they put on this very fun little act about, you know, the sheriff's going to drink it and Chicory's trying to take it away and they're both trying to drink it. No, give it to me. And then the, the troglodytes open the cell and they're like, give me that shit. Neither one of you is going to drink it. Now there's three troglodytes in the cell area at this point. One of them takes like a good pull. The other one pounds most of it and then the third one like there's not much left so he just takes a little sip and they're like ah stuff tastes like shit so they take the flask that it was in and throw it in the fire after that they leave and mrs o'dwyer's like that first guy's going to lose consciousness for a very long time second guy's going to be dead within 24 hours i don't think the third guy's going to have much of an effect so after that they're like okay well that's you know we're making progress here how many of them do you suppose there were uh, probably 12 to start with is what she says. So right off the bat, uh, we got the two the brooder killed. We got the two more that they killed. So they're down to probably about seven is what they're thinking. Now, they're not privy to the information that Mr. O'Dwyer has already killed four or five of them on his way up. So uh, they're sitting tight. Uh, we get some jail time conversation between these guys about what they're, you know, uh, in the afterlife, and this is really going to suck when he scalps me and all that shit. Flea circus talk from Chicory. It's all well and good. Um, from there, we're going to cut back to uh, Mr. O'Dwyer. He sees the mouth of the cave. He's down in the uh, the ravine just outside of it, and he's hobbling his way up. And every now and then, he gives a blast on the weird uh throat harpsichord thing which causes the troglodytes to come down to see what's up in which time he shoots them in the face and kills them and that's pretty cool so he, at this point he's probably got like five of them 
I think, which is a pretty good run considering he's a cripple. Uh, so at this point, Boar Tusk, the leader, he's still up there. Uh, he's probably got two other guys with him. So we're going to cut to up there where Boar Tusk has realized that uh, the shit that the other guys drank is killing them. So he drags one of the dead bodies into the cell holding area and he's like, what's up with this? They don't know what the fuck he's talking about. So that he just opens the cell. This part's pretty gruesome too, actually. Drags Kurt Russell out, rips his shirt open, and cuts him like underneath the rib cage. Goes and gets the flask out of the fire and shoves it into the incision. Painful. Real motherfucker. That sound feels like, sounds like, sounds like, and it feels like, I'm sure. But at the same time, it's probably life-saving because that more than likely cauterized the wound. So that's pretty cool. Save Kurt Russell's life. But then he starts like choking him with his foot and uh, shoots him in the hand, uh, shoots him in the gut. About this time, um, the gunshots are coming in from outside. Mr. O'Dwyer has made his way up to the opposite side of the cave and is basically killing his way into the, uh, the cell holding area. Now, at this point, um, what's uh, Boar Tusk shoots Kurt Russell, uh, the sheriff, right in the gut. And that's like a mortal wound. Sheriff's like, oh, and he's being choked. Um, uh, Mr. O'Dwyer comes around the corner, sees Boar Tusk standing on the sheriff and shoots him. Uh, knocks him down, and the sheriff like does like a twisty move on him and grabs the bone tomahawk and then just starts hitting Boar Tusk in the head until his head explodes like a melon. Um that's pretty much the end of your tribe right there. There might They think at this point there's probably three left. So they're, they're like, oh, well, it's pretty, you know, there's still some some of them out there. So uh, Mr. O'Dwyer gets his wife out, gets Chicory out. Um, the sheriff is like, hey, man, I'm not going to make it. I got, a, I got a fucking flask lodged in my rib cage here. I've been shot in the gut and the hand. And uh, this, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm probably done for here, guys. So why don't you guys go ahead and take off? I'm going to make sure these other three guys are dead because I don't want them knowing. I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like them. I don't like them at all. I don't care for them. And uh, this cannibalism shit, all that stuff, no good. So I'm going to kill them off and then I'm probably going to die here. So why don't you all head on back to Bright Hope and uh, have a good one. So peace out, homies. And they're like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, funny thing about this, uh, they have Mrs. O'Dwyer there, who is some kind of a nurse type situation. Now, you would think they would at least have at least have her give him a once over, see if maybe we can do something to get him out of there. Instead, they're like, "Love you, man. Hey, catch you on the flip side, baby," and they just walk right the fuck out of there. Even Chickory. Who was like the best friend of the the sheriff? He's like, I agree, sheriff, and the backup deputy should probably uh, oversee this operation. So, bye bye, and they just leave him there. And uh, I mean, you would you would think think they would at least make an argument or something? No, oh, you got to come with us. No, no, no. Oh, come on with us. No, 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 no. You know, at least you know, make it look like you give a shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't know, man. They just leave them there, and then they go uh, walking down the hill. And uh, as they're near, you know, approaching the uh, beginning of the canyon, you hear three gunshots, and they all look up at the cave mouth, and they're like, 
Hey, that sheriff is a stand-up dude with a fucking flask lodged in his midsection, and he probably is dead now. So, peace out, sheriff. And then uh, they—that's uh, it. That's the end of your movie, man. I—it's th- a great movie. It's definitely worth watching. It's two hours and twelve minutes long. Uh, probably, I guess. I guess it's a horror movie because I don't know what else to call it. Tony knows what I'm talking about. Um, I feel like uh, if. If nothing else, man, just for that one kill scene, it is definitely a horror movie because that is bad. Uh, I say it's a good show. You should definitely check it out. It is streaming presently on Amazon Prime. Um, Be prepared, though. Two hours and 12 minutes. I'm going to say a good hour and a half of that is just four dudes in the saddle, uh, you know, with the drama that would build around that. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of side stories that I glazed over. Bruder apparently at one point, uh, hit on O'Dwyer's wife and she refused him and uh, he punches him in the face because of that. Some kind of weird high school drama. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but none of it is really that relevant to the story. So I feel like a lot of this movie could possibly be fast forwarded through if you've already seen it once. Getting to that kill scene is pretty rough. Good show. Definitely check it out. I'm going to take myself a little break, and I will come back with some other stuff.
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back. I tell you what, my friends. Excuse me. After having taken a few minutes to reflect, refill my glass of scotch, and uh, kind of contemplate that horrific kill scene in Bone Tomahawk, I am going to have to tell you right now that I would still rather uh, be given the Bone Tomahawk treatment than be burned alive. And I know that is a bold statement. Hear me out. If you track the... If you just follow the tracking on the DVD of Bone Tomahawk for the amount of time that passes between when Nick is brought out of the cell, scalped, uh, whatever the fuck they do with his mouth, with the nailing and the the scalp, and then the uh, taint ripping, um, you're probably looking at all of about... Less than a minute. But if you were to be burned alive or if you were to receive the uh, Somalian necklace, if you know what that is, if you're familiar with that, it's also a disgusting way to die. Horribly painful, I'm sure. I think uh, just just in the amount of time from A-OK to dead in the gr- dead beyond just dead dead, I think that uh, I would rather, I'm going to opt for the faster way out, though it may be more painful. Um, And I don't know that uh, the taint ripping and the scalping is going to be any less painful than being burned alive. I don't know. God willing, I will never find out. (laughs) Speaking of things that I don't want to find out about, are you motherfuckers ready to get into the Terra Dome? No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll try to be crazy. I'll kill you all. I'll dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face. To the Terradome. Uh, no fights this week, inmates, but I am going to tell you about the semi or the finals, the quarterfinals, semifinals. I don't know. That whole bracket system is still a mystery to me. But without further ado, last week's winners in the Terradome. Starting in the singles division, we had the Maniac Cop versus Dracula. Mm-hmm. 
The brutish policeman was tough if nothing else. Crushing blow after crushing blow that Vlad brought against him, and still he persisted. In the end, dismemberment proved effective. Reduced to a pile of parts, Vlad scattered the maniac cop amongst the five boroughs of New York. This was a tie at 3-3, three to three, inmates. Unfortunately, in the case of a tie, the winner goes to whoever, whichever character has appeared in the most films. And that is quite obviously going to be Dracula. Because, what do we have? Three Maniac Cop movies with the possibility of a, a remake on the way. I don't know how many goddamn <laughs> Dracula movies there are. I don't think anybody knows. That just suffices to say there's a shit ton. And there's a bunch that aren't even Dracula movies that he just pops up in. Not to mention TV series. And goddamn uh, Monster Squad horse shit. Where he just... There he is. It's not, I, don't, I don't know. It's Dracula. <laughs> Fuck. I don't fucking know. So there you have it. Dracula advances over the Maniac Cop. I'm out, man. I'm out. I'm out of this year's Terradome, right? Who did I have? I don't even remember. Uh, I had Silent Hill Nurses and the Maniac Cop. And the Silent Hill nurses are actually still in it. So I am not out. But I'm out of the singles competition with uh, the Maniac Cop. God damn it. All right, Dracula, whatever. Let's take a look at the teams competition, shall we? Teams competition. We had the Deadites versus the Blind Dead. The Knights Templar encircled the cabin silently and under cover of night. Though they could not see, they could easily hear and track the pandemonium within. Two of the youths had become possessed and were stalking and harassing the remaining two. Quick work was made of all four, and then the cabin burned and the book with it. With a vote of six to zero, the blind dead advance over the deadites. God damn, man. The Blind Dead might actually go somewhere this year. Woo! Uh, Well, they're up against the witches in the next round, so... I don't know, man. I'd like to see them do something. They're act... I I mean, they are doing something, clearly. Normally, they don't make it out of the first round, so I'm very excited about the Blind Dead this year. I would have... How many times have I thought about taking the Blind Dead, and I never do because they never do anything? Now, uh, uh, it gives a shit. I'm just going to get pissed off. All right. Anyway, uh, so those are your winners from last week. That is going to close out the semifinal round. Let's talk about the matchups we have coming in the weeks ahead. In the singles division, Asylum Conference is going to be the Tall Man versus the Candy Man and Celine versus Pinhead. Inferno Conference, we have Freddy Krueger versus Samara, and the Mummy versus Dracula in a Universal Monsters Battle Royale. I love it. Teams competition is going to be Asylum Conference, Vengeful Ghosts versus the Silent Hill Nurses, and the Nazi Zombies versus the Cenobites. Woo! Inferno Conference, we're looking at the Werewolves versus the Puppet Master Dolls, and the Coven of Witches versus the Blind Dead. This could be... I'm looking, looking at, at the way things are lining up. I'm not, I'm not going gonna, I'm not gonna to be optimistic, and I don't want to jinx anything, but I could see the Blind Dead quite possibly making it to the championship. I don't want... You know, it could happen. It's, it's unprecedented. It's not likely, but it wasn't likely that they'd get this far. So don't sleep on the Blind Dead is all I'm saying. 
Those are your Terradome matchups for weeks to come, inmates. By all means, call me. Tell me what you think of the show. Uh, no fights this week. We'll resume the fights next week with the, with the uh, final rounds. Um, area code 775-387-0275 is the mental health hotline. Get me on the email if you want to talk about the uh, immersion therapy. Tell me what you thought about Bone Tomahawk. Is it a horror movie? Is it a Western? I don't fucking know. I want to hear what you th- have to say about it. Uh, the Padded Room 2011 at Hotmail.com. In the meantime, we have a little segment for you in which we tell you which movies we got to watch in the last week. We like to call this little thing, What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? I got a couple of movies in. Uh, How about Dry Blood from 2019? Have you heard of this? No. No, you haven't. Don't act like you have because nobody has. Independent film. Low budget as shit. I think I spotted this one on Amazon Prime. Uh, Not a bad little little jammy though. Um, What you have here is a drug addict trying to get clean. Wants to seclude himself in a... um, Not necessarily a cabin in the woods, but a very rural small town cabin that he happens to own and uh we got a lot of weird shit going on in there whenever you have that that instance there's going to be some weird shit is he having withdrawals yes is he uh possibly having a relapse yes could the cabin be haunted very possible could the the uh local cop be some kind of a serial killer uh that was using the cabin as some kind of a torture situation also very real possibility. So, low budget. Um, there is a smoking hot young lady in this movie. I don't know. I don't know who she is. You don't get to see her naked. There is a very quick instance of some side boob. Worth, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say you should check it out based entirely on that. But, uh, that, that that you know, the stock on dry blood went up a little bit with that one. Ending is a little rough. I'll be honest with you. I didn't see it quite going that direction, but it did. And it's it's worth checking out, I think, if you got a, an hour and a half to kill. Uh, also checked out a movie called Big Man Japan. Please tell me somebody else has seen this because this is fucking hilarious. Uh, what you have here is a mockumentary style about a... It's about Japanese kaiju, more or less. And you've got a dude who, via the application of high doses of electricity can um, basically blow himself up to kaiju proportions. And then he then goes and fights giant monsters in Japan uh, as part of a television show. But he's also a loser and he has, you know, he's got a lot of cats and stuff. It's it's hilarious, man. The ending, there's another one with a bizarro ending. But uh, some of the monsters he fights are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> And just his day-to-day personal life and his fashion choices are also pretty astounding. I this is I this is a great show. It's from 2007. Uh this one right now is streaming on Shutter. Definitely check this one out. Um I would say it's more of a comedy. Um it's, it's, there I I don't want to spoil this for you, but like the whole electrocution process and he's got these giant underwear 
that he has to carry with him to <laughs> electrocute himself and blow up into the underwear so that he can then go fight the monster in his underwear. At one point, he happens upon a single lady monster who is just kind of chilling and she doesn't want to fight, but she is giving him a bunch of attitude. And then here comes single uh, male monster to hit on her and he's went from fighting giant monsters to suddenly like being like a weird matchmaker, but he wants them to get out of the city and do whatever they, it's very strange, man. It's definitely worth watching. It's big man, Japan streaming on shutter from 2007. Definitely worth checking that out. That's all I'm looking at. Let's get ourselves into some immersion therapy, uh, with a little holiday cheer and a movie. Hopefully you guys have seen called, a nasty piece of work. <laughs> Immersion therapy. Did you guys get a chance to check out a nasty piece of work? Or nasty piece of work, I think it is. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. It's one. It's it was streaming on. It is streaming on Hulu. It's still there. It's one of their into the dark uh, situations, which we did a full month of back in July, I think. Um, I don't know what's up with. I still don't know what's up with these into the dark things. It's it's supposed to be a series, but each each uh, installment is a full movie. This one obviously centered around Christmas. What's up with Julian Sands? I don't know why I, uh, I, I think I just find him irritating and it's like his, his dialect, not his dialect, maybe it is his dialect, I don't know. He's got that weird ultra pronounced uh, English accent. I don't know if it's Welsh or English, but it makes him talk slower for some reason and um, I find it highly annoying. Is anybody else with me on this? It's like it's like he feels the need to rub the accent in your face and make sure that you hear the accent with every single goddamn syllable that he says. We have a promotion ready and only one of you I realize I can't do an English accent right now because I'm a little under the weather. But it's, why does why is he talking like that? Can he not does he not get excited and does his the pace and tone of his uh his dialect not, uh, I understand, we have a promotion, and only one of you will be able to achieve it. Stop talking like that. It's fucking irritating. I'm sorry. Um, I shouldn't, I shouldn't speak ill of the man. He is a genre actor, and he's been in some pretty good shows. Uh, Rose Red, uh, the Warlock franchise, which I never really got into. Uh, I'm sure there's others out there. There was like a weird werewolf movie he was in. I just, I can't get into the, I, it. It's just his voice, man. It just irritates the shit out of me. That being said, uh, this is a pretty weird movie, right? I mean, we. I, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of put together where we were going with this. Like the first 10 minutes when he blows his wife's head off. And then she gets up and she's like, oh, that was fun. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> okay, clearly these two are sick and twisted. Um, at, at a certain point, you have to you have to kind of wonder. It, it, it kind of took on like a, uh, what's that movie? Uh, Cheap Thrills. 
Remember that? Where uh, David Koechner is paying um, Ethan Emery to fuck with his little friend and vice versa. It, it kind of felt like that only for a corporate uh, promotion. Now, at, at a certain point, as I think any decent human would say, okay, this is bizarro. I'm getting the fuck out of here before the cops do get called and we all get arrested. And at which point, nobody's going to get the fucking promotion. Instead, they continue on with this nonsense and uh, we, we go far beyond uh, what I feel to be a suspension of disbelief and any rational reason at all. Because your uh, income ratio is going to drop dramatically once you're in a federal lockup. So bear that in mind, you corporate scumbags. Uh, regardless, not my favorite. Uh, not my favorite Christmas movie. Not my... I, I gave up on those into the dark things after we did our month of it. So um, I wouldn't say it's better than a I'm just fucking with you. I would say it's nominally better than a treehouse. If you're putting together like a power ranking of the into the dark installments, which I'm not. But of the ones I've seen, um, Treehouse is still the worst because it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. This one a little bit better. Pretty fucking silly, but still a little bit better than Treehouse. Uh, of the ones I've seen, I'm just fucking with you is still on top. So there's that. That, uh, you know, if you feel the need for a Christmas horror film and you've already seen Black Christmas and Silent Night, Deadly Night, by all means, check it out. Um, it's on uh, Hulu as part of their Into the Dark franchise, series, whatever you want to call it. Uh, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be The Circle. It is currently streaming on uh, Amazon Prime. It is from 2017, uh, one hour, 29 minutes. A university professor takes four archaeology students on a field trip to a remote Scottish island. When tensions already present in the group, they unearth clues to an ancient mystery. There you have it. Uh, that's on uh, Amazon Prime. Check that out, inmates. We will do the same. It stars Edward ba uh, Baker Dooley, Cecilia Olafs, and Griffin Stevens. So check that out. Uh, I will. I will do. I will check that out, and I will be here to compare notes with you next week. I may be alone in that. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. There's that. Uh, contemplate that and we will uh, see what we come up with next week now at this point we would normally educate Miss Monica she did give some clues last week I don't believe that I got it correct off the top of my head in fact I know that I didn't so I'm not going to step on her segment by offering more clues for you instead we're just going to scrub it we're going to call this an episode wish everybody a very Merry Christmas uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you for joining me on Chris on Christmas Eve, which it is presently here in Reno, Nevada. Um, join me next week on New Year's Eve, and I will at least I will be here for the show. I don't know if the other two knuckleheads are going to show up or not. I don't hold it against them if they don't. Um, God bless them. Hope they have a great New Year's Eve. Hope you guys have a great New Year's Eve. I will be right here with you in case you have nobody else to spend it with. So. Worst case scenario, <laughs> worst, worst possible case scenario, you can always tune into the Padded Room podcast or the Padded Room live on the Psycho Bunny Death Cult, and I will be right there with you, my friends. 
again, thank you for joining me. Join me next week. Uh, we're going to be starting off True Crime Month here in the padded room with uh, Shockingly Vile and Evil. Fuck, what the... F- Shockingly... Oh, God. Hold on. I'm going to give you... I'm going to get you the... You know what I'm talking about. It's the goddamn Ted Bundy movie on Netflix. Um, I just had it pulled up here, too. Shocking, shockingly wicked and evil, evilly vile. Uh, wickedly shocking and vilely evil. Here it comes. Uh, it's loading. Um, shockingly evil, uh, fucking vile and shockingly evil, I think it's called. Uh, Ted... Hold on, Bundy. The name of the movie is Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. I feel like you could do better in the in the title department of that of that because that really all you're doing is stringing together adjectives. Badly, worse, and disgustingly bad, unsatisfactory <laughs> is what they should have called it. The name of the movie, my friends, is Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. And I will uh, join me next week for that. I'll be giving you my full thoughts. I've not seen this one. I know it has James Hetfield in it, and it's gotten pretty good reviews. Some people didn't care for it, but I get that. Extremely Wicked. i got to write this shit down because I will fucking forget it. Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. And Vile. That is a very wordy title, full of adjectives, that one. Uh, Join me next week for that, starting True Crime Month here in the Padded Room Podcast. Thank you again for joining me. Have a Merry Christmas. If you're not listening to this on Christmas or Christmas Eve, then I hope you had a Merry Christmas. And uh, I will see you next week uh, with the um, extremely wicked and shockingly evil and vile. In the meantime, for Buddy, Miss Monica in absentia, Extremely wickedly, shockingly, evilly, vilely, disgustingly b- fucking assholes. Um, bone tomahawks, troglodytes, people that have had their uh, taints split and live to tell the tale, no pun intended, and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. The